0: This is the Mark Milton Show with The Smash, with former Department of Justice Tax Division trial attorney, Mark Milton, and The Smash, on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. I should have been a cowboy. I should have learned to rope and ride. We're in well, welcome, everybody. to the Mark Milton Show, and yeah, if anybody should have been, been a cowboy, it's this guy right here. Problem is... They didn't have a side saddle big enough for him, but he's a wonderful young man.
1: <laughs> for <laughs> you, would you be in a side saddle? That would be a side. That would be a side. Problem. It for is something. the Mark
0: Milton Show. He's the St. Louis Tax Lawyer, STL stltaxlawyer.com, stltaxlawyer.com. And not only can he handle your taxes, legal associations that you might need help on for your particular situation, but the guy has got a killer talk show and you're going to get into it right now. We got an ultra special guest right here.
1: Absolutely. So, obviously, this has been a a tough uh, week or so for the St. Louis region, really for the country. Um, and I thought it would be great if we could get uh, some perspective from somebody who's been through the thick of it. Uh, Mayor James Knowles from Ferguson. Welcome to the program. Hi, Mark. Hey, thank Mayor. you. Yeah, thank you so much. Hey, man. <laughs> How you doing today?
2: I'm doing good doing very good
1: good good well we appreciate you being here uh, i know it's probably been a a tough week for you as mayor uh obviously your your term limited out so yesterday tuesday there was an the election uh so ferguson is going to have a new mayor uh african american woman. woman uh the first african american uh mayor uh or or female mayor of ferguson um and so uh, you're you're on your way out but obviously you're still you're still the mayor. You've had to I'm sure deal with everything that's been going on. So tell us what it's been like the the last week or so trying to handle, you know, not only trying to allow people to peacefully protest but also dealing with some of the looting, the you know, the, the more violent uh, issues going on.
2: Sure. You know, it's uh it's interesting the moment anything happens in America today it seems like yeah. they decide to call me and ask me when it comes to, you know, uh police uh community issues they always want to reference ferguson i get a lot of national calls asking, what do you think about what this mayor did what do you think about what they're doing up in minneapolis and i always tell them i don't want to comment Mm -hmm. keep my my community away from being affiliated with what's going on but you know as we see here this this conversation about you know police community relations and um and uh, use of force with law enforcement, you know, is a national conversation that uh, you know people all across the nation are wanting to, to speak out about. And um, Saturday, when uh, uh, protests uh, started downtown and worked their way through the St. Louis metropolitan region, and were planned to end up in Ferguson on Saturday night, as Ferguson being kind of like this mecca to the movement, so to speak. Um, we were prepared. We had officers on standby. We had uh, our officers who have been really working hard over the last six years, especially uh, on community engagement, um, training to de-escalate and uh, uh, to you know continue these dialogues that we started during the protest in 2014. Uh, you know they were ready. they were prepared. They went out. Uh, they engaged members of the protest community, and we, we really believed it was going to remain peaceful. Uh, what we saw happen later that night, though, uh, took, you know, Ferguson, St. Louis County, Highway Patrol, everybody really off guard, that there was a planned, clearly planned and coordinated, you know, assault against, you know, the officers that are out there and, and uh, you know, specifically directed toward the Ferguson Police Department. And and this, <clears throat> we've now learned, it's kind of become the national, kind of become a national thing after the, uh, Protests in, in uh, Minneapolis ended up burning the, um, the precinct up there, yeah. and then that precinct. But you know, the next day is actually when the officer got got arrested. So now there's this connection in people's mind that this is how you get stuff done, and mm. of course that's what they posted online. That's what they've been uh, pushing out there, and we saw two nights of you know coordinated attacks against the police department in Ferguson, and you know people. I don't think. Necessarily recognize it, or just watching it on, you know, Channel Two. But the, re- you know, what you saw downtown was a similar thing. Officers were lined up to protect the St. Louis City Police Department. They were going a couple, three, four blocks away and burning things because they were trying to get the officers to leave that post yeah. so they could get at that police department. Wow, that's what they did in Ferguson, and in Ferguson, uh, you know, all the businesses that were damaged right around the police department—that's all they did. They attacked, they attacked, and then they went to some local businesses, broke them out, tried to, to some windows, you know, tried to lure the cops, you know, to the side, and then they tried to outflank them. I mean, it was quite a coordinated attack. It was very uh, different than what we've seen in the past, and, um, and I think our officers and, and the commands now are much more attuned to what's going on and what these tactics they're using are.
1: Do, do you think that when you talk about the coordinated effort, I mean, did, did you guys see literally, you know, two different groups of people? I mean, like during the day, was it a group of peaceful protesters and you saw a, an actual shift in the makeup of, of the people doing this coordinated attack?
2: Yeah, we, we have a, a dialogue with a number of uh, people who are in the group, you know, people who are um, you know, outspoken or leaders, you know, in some of these protest groups uh on saturday night you know they told them it's time to go home uh, at, at a certain point point. and uh you know they made such an announcement and a lot of people did not everybody did but you know the larger numbers of people started to leave but there was a you know not insignificant not insignificant number of people you know 50 to 75 people who were clearly coordinating an attack and and what they did was shortly after you know that started to break up Um, They started lobbing, you know, what was basically like commercial-grade fireworks at the officers, and they did so in a manner which they threw them, they exploded, officers scattered, then they rushed the officers, and then they pushed their way onto the department parking lot, and, you know, they had, you know, essentially like skirmishers up there with the officers, and then they had people, you know, outflank them, and they go over and start busting out the windows, and they were trying to get them to you know, throw incendiary devices in the windows. Wow! And once they got the windows, once they got the windows broken, they even retreated back across the street and tried to fire the fireworks across the street into the windows. So, I mean, this Jeez. was not something that somebody came up with on the fly,
1: right? And yeah. and you've seen reports of other cities where apparently there's been, you know. Piles of rocks or bricks delivered to certain sites. Yeah, I mean, is that is that something you've seen On in Ferguson, pallets. or is that? I mean, have you been able to confirm that's actually happened in other mm-hmm. other places? I've seen lots of videos
2: and you know pictures even around St. Louis of that. I, I'm not sure. I haven't heard anything confirmed uh, around St. Louis from the media. But I, the only thing that we had in Ferguson, unfortunately, was uh, a business in the area had large landscape box mm. and that just became you know, they didn't have to bring in the uh, that artillery, it was there. Mm. Um but the you know, they brought backpacks of, you know, we're talking like those mortar shells, you know, the big the biggest mortar shells you're gonna get up at the fireworks stands, you know. They actually had uh if you remember like those giant boxes that shoots like, you know, ninety six mortar shells, you know, that cost a couple couple, three, four, five hundred bucks. They had one of those they actually went out and laid in the street, lit it. They had it propped on its side, so it shot, you know, like ninety-six giant, you know, exploding fireballs at the cops. Wow! You know, which to me, I mean, mean, I mean how is that not do? assault? They,
1: how is that not assaulting a police officer? I mean, how is that any different than pulling out a firearm and shooting a projectile at an right. officer? I mean, is that? Oh, absolutely!
2: I mean, every year you see some kid blow his hand off or his fingers off. Right. right? I mean. Throwing those, I mean, and that's with smaller stuff. You know, how many kids, you know, get hurt with a Roman candle? You know, here you're talking about, you know, those, you know, big, you know, like 500 gram or whatever rockets, those mortars that you put in a big tube and shoot up. I mean, they're they're tossing those things, and I mean, when they blow up, I mean, our guys, you know, everybody's got burn marks all over their clothes and you know, burns on their arms. And, you know, luckily they got shields and masks on, so that you know people have not gotten yet that I know of any like eye or face injuries. But, um, I mean, it's only by luck and, you know, and by the fact that these guys are protecting themselves, that they have not received any, any larger, uh, injuries from that. Now, of course, also throwing the rocks though. I mean, some of the rocks that we've got going on in the parking lot, I mean, we're talking about rocks that look like a shot putters throwing. Okay. I mean, this is the big rock. And, um, you know, we've got some people that, you know, took a lot of hits to the arms and legs. I mean, it's a massive bruising, you know, mm. and, and people that have, you know, can't go back on the line the next day. If you, if you take a, you know, a seven or eight pound rock, you know, chucked at you in the arm, you know, it's, it's, it's going to hurt. hurt. It's going to, it's going to be debilitating yeah. for a couple of days. Well, and all if I could think break, of doesn't break your arm.
1: Wa- yeah. Watching the video, uh, you know, this week, it's just, it breaks my heart to think about these officers whose families are also maybe watching those videos and to think, I mean I'm amazed that these guys even come to these guys and gals even come to work honestly like I don't it seems to me you're almost they're put in a p impossible situation in terms of they can't really defend themselves for fear of being viewed as you know uh, you know o- overzealous or whatever it may be, but then they're asked to stand you know hold the line um and really be somewhat defenseless. And so uh, how's the morale, I mean, among, you know, the police, you know, the the police personnel, and and how do you get people to show up? Because it seems to me like it would would be very difficult to continue to go through that day in, day out.
2: You know, it really is a testament to the dedication of the men and women uh, in law enforcement that they show up at all. And, and Mark, you're so right. The this burden is not bored just by those men and women on the line. I mean, they all have friends. They all have family. Many of them have children. They have loved ones who, uh, as you said, are watching it. And um, back in 2014, I did this. I did it, you know, Saturday and Sunday night. I had sat at my kitchen table staring out the window and making sure that, you know, <laughs> nothing was going on in my neighborhood. I had my iPads out, and I'm watching like three or four live streams at once. You know, and it's so crystal clear. You can see officers, you know, people, you Mm -hmm. know, and, you know, I got, I got text messages and emails and messages from wives and girlfriends of officers out there that I know. And, you know, and they're, they're seeing it and they're, you know, they're understandably freaking out. I, uh, uh, but they're also, you know, very strong about it. They are, they're very concerned or worried, but, um, they're also, they know that these guys are well trained or well equipped, um, but you you still can't not have that fear of what might happen to them. I sp- I was up till almost four o'clock on Sunday morning, um, and sending messages and telling people that their you know spouses were okay, that their friends were okay, that their loved ones were okay, thanking them you know not just for their spouses' sacrifice, but for their uh, for their personal sacrifice and their family sacrifice for allowing these you know, men and women to serve us and protect us. Um, you know, that's something that's often lost in this conversation. They don't see these cops as humans, mm-hmm. uh, just as, you know, other victims of the crime of crimes are humans.
1: Yeah, no, no doubt. Well, uh, I'd like to keep you on the, on the phone, uh, when we come back from break, cause I want to ask you about sort of lessons learned from, you know, the, the, civil unrest and sort of how that's helped you guys be able to respond so we're going to take a quick break mark milton's show we'll be right back in a minute
2: Are you currently sideways with the IRS? Do you have years of unfiled tax returns keeping you up at night? Are you facing tax liens, bank levies, or wage
0: garnishments? If so, you should contact former Department of Justice Tax Division attorney Mark Milton at stltaxlawyer.com. Mark Milton provides a local and holistic approach to tax resolution. Don't be sucked into the out-of-town tax resolution groups you hear on the TV and radio. Mark lives and works
2: right
1: here in the Kirkwood area. If you have IRS problems, visit stltaxlawyer.com today. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision. It should not be based solely on advertisements.
0: We now continue with more of The Mark Milton Show with The Smash on 590 The Fan and 590TheFan.com. This is the Mark Milton Show. Smash with you right here. With us today, Mayor James Knowles, Mayor of Ferguson. He's coming to the end of his term limit. End of his tenure here, and we have the opportunity to talk to him about what's going on in America here today. Mark, you got the questions,
1: man. Sure. Well, you know, we we just kind of touched on how you guys are having to respond to the events this week, and I'm I'm curious, uh, you know, as we look back on you know the Michael Brown shooting, the aftermath, the you know 2014 riots, um, and then you know you had uh, after the officer stock, uh, Stockley was acquitted, you had more civil unrest and Through that, you know, the Department of Justice came in. uh, They conducted a a patterns and practice investigation and and imposed a whole bunch of, of, you know, I guess you'd call it uh, demands or requirements on the city of Ferguson. Talk to us a little bit about, you know, that process, how the DOJ got involved, and what your view is on whether or not, you know, any benefits came out of it. Sure. Well,
2: you know, a lot of people would imagine that, I mean, the city was uh, resistant to either any kind of change or resistant to even an examination by the Justice Department back in
1: uh, back in 2014. And if so I could back up, I don't mean that, to interrupt you, but but also sure. keep in mind, you know, I'm seeing a lot of references to the Michael Brown shooting. He was shot walking down the street. I mean, you had a, a grand jury who declined to indict the officer, and the Department of Justice investigated the incident itself, and found right. that it was a justified shooting and I, I, it just it really frustrates me when facts are lost like that because i know you know officer wilson his life was ruined as a result of it he didn't ask for it he didn't he didn't go out seeking to to kill michael brown and it it's frustrating when people you know create an alternate universe where facts don't seem to matter but again i'll get off my soapbox but i just preface with that because if you looked at that as a justified shooting then you know why was the DOJ even coming in and getting involved in the first place? But I'll let you go on. I apologize.
2: No, it's, you know that's your, that's an important point, and one of the frustrations I oftentimes have when people equate Minneapolis to Ferguson when you see, uh, you know, an incident, you know, on you know on video, it's clearly you know an issue where you know this officer, um, you know, excessively used force and ended up in you know uh, the death of this uh, this gentleman, you know all the uh the absolute facts of of you know what that equates to under the law you know we'll find out but you know clearly you know i think that could have been a certainly an unavoidable uh incident and you know it's tragic and it's very different as you mentioned than the incident that occurred in ferguson where you have a a uh, use of force that was ruled by the federal government under obama and you know a grand jury of their peers you know, that that was a a, a, a a use of force that was justified. And, you know, going back to 2014, when, when the federal government came and said that they were uh, going to look at our patterns and practices, we opened up the books for them. We didn't call the lawyers. We probably should have. I should have called you Mark <laughs> back in 2014. <laughs> you know, I didn't throw up the, the gates and say, you're not going to look at this, you're not going to look at that, we're not going to give you anything, we're going to fight you in court over every little, you know, piece of information. We gave him the keys to the kingdom and said, you can have everything, we have nothing to hide. We've, you know, up until that point, uh, as far as lawsuits or complaints or anything else, I mean, our record was stellar as far as, you know, having had these kind of complaints or anything in the past, we have not. You know, we certainly uh, at that time weren't sure what the situation was with Dan Wilson and Michael Brown because that that investigation wasn't complete. But we didn't believe that there was anything to hide as far as the patterns and practice lawsuit since then. And I've been told this by the uh, former general counsel for the Ohio NAACP. He, he told me during that investigation, he said, I'm going to warn you mayor something that you need to realize the United States department of justice is the most political branch of our government. It always has, and it has, does not matter who is the president. And I just couldn't imagine how that could be. You know, I figured justice was what it was, that it was not going to be a weapon against the city if we didn't do something that that wasn't going to be something that could be held against us. But it certainly seemed that once they realized that they could not hang anything on Darren Wilson, that they were certainly focused on making sure that Ferguson looked as absolutely as bad as it could. And that is not to say that we did not have You know things we needed to improve or there are things that we I think uh, uh, maybe should have changed long before 2014 but uh, they weren't anything that you know it was not anything that we weren't willing to do and we'd shown that starting the early days of the protest we started changing things like we got rid of failure to appears in September of 2014 two years before the, the state legislature even acted to get rid of those You know, we started getting rid of um, some of the fines and fees that people were complaining were excessive. Fines and fees that, by the way, every city in in Missouri was already also doing. Um, But we said, you know what, we're going to look at this and take a different viewpoint of it. After all of that, we still got saddled with a consent decree that costs us literally millions of dollars a year. And, you know, when you have a city budget of 12 to 13 million dollars, I didn't take a mathematician or a calculator to realize that is a lot of money. That's not going to streets, services, uh, police salaries, police training, um, improving the lives of our citizens every day, who it goes to are attorneys, some of them local attorneys in Boston. And you know that we've hired to come here and, and watch over us every step of the way. Uh, it goes to lawsuits that are being funded, um, by, uh, outside groups through groups like the Arch city defenders that continues, not just with Ferguson, but hit every city mm-hmm. with these lawsuits. Um, the most recent lawsuit that we've just paid out on, you know, was had to do with, um, some, uh, fines that they, they thought were, uh, unjustified uh, under Missouri law. Many other cities that already had already, uh, um, settled their lawsuits. Jennings settled it for $4 million. I think we ended up paying $300,000. Uh, but, you know, Ferguson has a federal consent decree. And Jennings just paid out $4 million for their lawsuit. Hmm. Uh, by the way, most of that money did not go to plaintiffs. It went to the Art City Defenders. Wow. So the Art City Defenders is banking this money and they're funding that to go after cities and go after communities and go after police departments all across the St. Louis region. Yeah,
1: and what's what's and, yeah, what's upsetting too is you know if you look at these patterns and in practice investigations, I mean they've really got you bent over. I mean it, it, it's really almost impossible to 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 fight it. I know you guys decided ultimately to agree to the consent decree um, because to fight something like that would literally cost probably in the tens of millions, I mean, potentially in terms of you know, litigating, and people just don't fight it. And so you've got the DOJ that comes in, and it, In my view is if they went to any city in America, they're going to find deficiencies, and what they do is they just exploit them and basically make it so, you know, it seems like you can't fight it, and so you're just going to acquiesce and agree to the consent decree because it just, you know, makes financial sense to do so. Is that kind of what you experienced? Absolutely. You know, we, we started the conversation with the DOJ
2: after the report that we didn't intend to fight it in the sense that, we agree that there are deficiencies. welcome to uh, having a conversation about fixing those, and, you know, let's move forward. We did. We started that conversation several months later in earnest. Um, you know, we talked about it for about six months. Uh, and then they basically, you know, you know, took the uh, term, but they basically held a gun to our head and said, now sign this or we're going to sue you. And we said, you know what, we're still working through this. We don't have a city manager. We don't have a permanent police chief. We are in disarray as a community because, you know, everybody's been fired or quit or let go or retired. Um, we're still trying to get on our feet. And here we are as a community run by, a, you know, a city manager form of government. We don't have a city manager. We've got acting people in place no way of knowing if we could really agree to what's before us. And they said, sign it or we'll sue you. And we said, you know what? I think we need to talk. Well, they sued us. And then we ended up acquiescing because, you know, it became like you said, you know, our attorneys are like, look, this is going to cost you five to $6 million to implement over the next five years, or, you know, $10 million to fight it. And you still might have to spend the money to implement it. So, you know, you look at cities like in Arizona, uh, you know, uh, Maricopa County, L.A., mm-hmm. you know, Seattle. We're talking about cities that, that literally negotiated with the DOJ for five, six years, some as long as 10 years before they actually came to an agreement. They Jeez. gave us six months. Yeah. And by the way, our consent decree is longer than the one they gave to Los Angeles after their riots, longer than the one they gave to Seattle after, you know, the battle in Seattle with the you know back in the early 2000s. All of this stuff, you know, they lumped on a town of 22,000 people because Darren Wilson didn't get indicted.
0: Well, let me ask you this, Mayor Smash, with you here. Uh, I'm listening to this and I'm thinking back about, well, two days after the date that uh, Michael Brown uh, was killed. uh, We were supposed to have a big smash band party in the Ferguson Little Park right there, you know. And I'm just wondering. Yeah. Uh, we lost that gig, of course. Uh, now that, uh, well, you're in your last days in your tenure as mayor, is it possible we could get that gig back? That's what <laughs> I'm just wondering.
1: Have a farewell party for well, the mayor. Uh, sure. I'll tell you
2: what. We, um, what, buddy? you know, we've always appreciated uh, Smash. You know, you you guys have come and played in our town. You know, you you might remember last time I saw you, uh, we were posing for a picture together at the Taste in Ferguson. So uh-huh, I remember that's right. You.
0: I forgot about that. That's right. Well, let me ask you. Let me ask you.
2: uh, you, You've always been a champion for our town. We appreciate it. And you're welcome anytime. You got a band or
0: not. I appreciate it, Mayor. Let me ask you this, man. I'm listening to you over here and I'm thinking, what an amazing story. How many pages do you think your book is going (laughs) to (laughs) be?
2: Well, it started off as one. I think I'm up to like volume three now. (laughs) Volume three, right up. It's going to be like an anthology, I think, by the time this is done. Uh, You know what? And, and it's something that I do want to focus on at some point is to really try to put some of this down. I, I have a tremendous amount of documentation and notes mm-hmm. over the years, but, you know, it really has been an evolving tale. You know, some people have written books after 2014, but in my experience, you know, started long before 2014 in, in city government. But 2014, not just the unrest, but the, but the rebuilding after the unrest. Um, And then now this on my way out the door, I mean, it's quite an evolving story. And there certainly is, uh, you know, a story to tell. And I I hope to tell it someday.
0: All right, Mayor, one last question. We've got about 30 seconds here. This is Mayor James Knowles from Ferguson. And, Mayor, we've talked about all the unrest and all that stuff. But in your eyes, in your experience, what, quote, unquote, good has come out of uh, all that we've seen starting up in Ferguson at least? Sure. I can tell you that there's a lot of people in the community who uh,
2: have been very active for a long time. I mean, you know, a lot of people would have always thought that, you know, Ferguson was a community where people were engaged generally, um, that people felt included generally. Um, but what we learned in 2014 is that, you know, that was not totally the case and that there were people who you know, not just were not engaged, but wanted to be engaged and maybe felt like they couldn't or were disaffected. Um, since 2014, we've made a concerted effort to reach out uh and, and really target those individuals and bring them into the community, into the conversation, into the fold. And um I think what we've seen since then is a a greater level of, of uh civic activism, a greater level of civic engagement. And that's really what we want. Mm-hmm. You know, we want everyone in the community to feel like that they're part of the community, uh not just to be able to go hang out at the the festivals and listen to great bands like the Smash Band to come <laughs> okay. out and engage with their, their yeah. civic leaders, to engage with their law enforcement. And I think we're there now.
0: Well, Mayor James Knowles, we appreciate you taking the time to be on the Mark Milton Show. And I can say this for a whole lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people. Thank you for your time as mayor of
1: Ferguson, my man. Absolutely. Thank you, Mr. Mayor.
0: Oh, Thank you, guys. Thank you very much.
1: All, right, we'll All right. talk to you later.
0: It is the Mark Milton Show. We'll be back. Uno momento por favor, international audience.